So why don't we stop wasting our time here? Oh my God. The man become preeminent. He's expected to have enthusiasm. Bring me everyone. Hold it. Enthusiasm. I'm afraid I can't do that. Okay, are we ready? Enthusiasm. You have no idea what's coming. I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to Trash OMFG every 15th of the month. It is your destination for news, views and interviews in the world of film and TV. First off, I just wanted to thank everybody who has subscribed via Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating if you are in the process of becoming a new subscriber. Now, I'll be your best friend if you do that, so thank you in advance. Now, on this episode, we introduce a new section. It's a new section fronted by a good buddy of mine, Andre Jacobs. It's as yet to be named so why not drop us your suggestion via twitter and you can um, let us know what your suggestions are you can find us at trash omfg also on the show i'll be enlisting the help of another good buddy of mine a friend of the show kairos bodley to help me review in battle still available on demand and starring stephen dorf now my special guest on the show this month is alain moussi star of the action martial arts flick Jiu-Jitsu. Finally, you won't have failed to see the emotive trailer for the brand new film written, directed and starring Nate Parker, American Skin. Well, I'll be reviewing that at the end of the show. First up, here's Andre. I'm here to give you some news, the new stories that mean so much to me in the world of movies and first we're starting off with Chris Evans is back Chris Evans of Captain America fame Scott Pilgrim versus the world fame and plenty of other movies over the years but mostly he's known as Captain America Steve Rogers and if you watched Avengers Endgame considering it's the highest grossing movie of all time probably did uh, you'll know that he was aged in the film at the end of the movie and he seemed to be on his way out of the Marvel Universe except it seems like he's back now we're unaware of in what capacity he will be back inside of the MCU but I'm always down for some Captain America in my life Uh, the next little piece of news that I was really excited for was the trailer for Malcolm Marie came out it's a it's a movie that's coming out on Netflix starring John David Washington and Zandeo um man this movie looks good this it looks like Oscar bait if I'm being honest um but I'm a sucker for toxic relationships just ask my ex-girlfriend uh and this looks like the perfect cinematic uh, experience of toxic relationships i'm a big fan of john david washington uh i really enjoyed black Klansman. i may be one of the few people who enjoy tenant um so i'm really excited to see what he does in a movie that isn't very action orientated and only stars another co-star in zendaya uh who is a fantastic fantastic actress uh i don't know if any of you guys have watched euphoria uh but you know it's not like even you've got anything to do right now so go find uh euphoria go check that out and really appreciate how good of an actress she is really appreciate how good of a, uh, an actor john david washington is and then sit there in anticipation as we wait for this movie to come out lost but certainly not least uh man hbo have decided to 
basically stream all of the Warner movies productions uh, that were set to be released in 2021 on HBO Max. Now, that might not seem like a, a, a big move considering everything that's going on in the world, but let me tell you guys, this is huge. We are in the middle, slap bang in the middle of streaming wars, whether it's for audio or visual. And this is a huge, 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 huge move by Warner. Will it affect the cinema industry going forward? Time will tell, depends on how successful the uh, movies on streaming are. I hope it doesn't, I really do enjoy the cinema experience, I really do enjoy it. And I miss it. It's one of the, the many things I missed during the COVID situation. So um, I kind of hope Warner fail, but I also really enjoy being able to uh, to watch movies that I might not have been able to see this year. Like I'm totally down to watch June in my house. I have a large TV. I'm gonna buck. So it's uh, it's pros and cons to it. It's pros and cons. Um, but yeah. Anyway. We'll be back next month or whenever Mikey decides to drop me a message on WhatsApp saying that he wants the news from the realest guy around. And I shall deliver. On that note, follow me on Twitter at Andre Jacobs MMA. Now next up is Embattled, our review. When I say our, our next guest um, to talk this through with me is no stranger to combat sports, which is, I suppose, the main vehicle to this. Kairos Bodley, friend and uh, I would say confidant of uh, not only the uh, Shots Fired podcast, but to me personally, I, I do rely on him to keep me on the straight and narrow. And here to actually keep me on the straight and narrow as we review in battled is Kairos Bodley. Hello. I'm ready to battle. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. I can hear with the bass in your voice that you uh, have got your chest up high and you are going to be saying everything with your chest. Speaking of which, I think um, to set things out just for our audience, first of all, um, the trailer, I think, is worth playing. What's up? I'm with my boy Jet here, about to be arrested for child abuse. That's right. Mama's boy. Holy crap. But because of him, How's that feel? you've had to suffer. Suffer? No, they learn. Hard work. Adversity. That's how winners are made. This never stops. And I always feel like a failure. Don't forget. You're the most wonderful, loving, giving brother. This might be the worst push-ups I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I learned it from you. Thanks for including me. Always, for Got Jet a fight. He's got a bright future. Let's end this now. Jet Boykins is your winner. Fighting isn't who you are. It's what you do. You're laughing. What is that? You've been offered another fight? Unfortunately, it's against me. The most controversial fight in WFA history between Cash Boykins and his 18-year-old son, Jet. Every 18-year-old kid out there deserves a good old-fashioned ass whooping. She's been saying that exact same line to me since I was three. You got to dance with the devil, huh? Pray I never end up like you. You won't. Tomorrow night, you die. Dance with the devil, huh? Don't bet on it. 
give our listeners a little bit of context. Basically, a son um, is aspiring to follow his famous MMA father's footsteps. Now, to cut to the chase, this is a story of redemption. This is a story of um, breaking the abusive cycle. This is a story of hope, and it's also a story which contains, as I mentioned before, MMA. Now, mixed martial arts to the uninitiated um, is combat sports. I would say elite uh, take place within a cage and basically it encompasses all forms of martial arts within each combatant. Now, Kairos, I think it's only right, considering you're our guest, to start with you and your thoughts, your your um, your feelings about this and uh how much merit the film had. All right. I know you don't, you aren't feeling it. And that's perfectly fine. But it's my job. It's my duty as an MMA fan to convince you of your wrongness. Here we go. First of all, this is the greatest, the greatest mixed martial arts movie ever. Wow. Like, there's nothing that's going to come close to it. Nothing will rival it. This is the greatest mixed martial arts movie ever. And as far as combat sports is concerned, it is easily top 25. Easily top 25 for combat sports movies, including boxing or including whatever else you want to talk about. Here's why. Mm. The movie talked about every every single pivotal issue in mixed martial arts, whether it's people coming from tough child homes, whether it's them dealing with traumas. It tackled fighter pay. It tackled politically correctness. It tackled domestic abuse. It tackled... Um, ethics inside the cage when competing people choosing and opting to act a certain way and accordingly it it touched on every single issue and not and on top of that the scenes were pretty damn good like you look at the choreographed fighting it's like okay i could absolutely see a fight taking place at this caliber you saw the production value of them to walk into the cage the shots of the this movie was for this could have been one of the greatest movies of the year if it was in theaters you know what no okay i'm not gonna say that it could have been one of the greatest <laughs> movies of the year if it was in the theaters this movie had me tear i'm not an emo- yeah i am i'm a very emotional person and this movie had me tearing up at how great it was i was just like wow this is something that i'm gonna show my children this is something i'm gonna show my significant other if i meet her this is something i'm gonna show to every single person i possibly can imagine since the movie came out since you introduced me to it i have seen the movie over over 10 times over 10 times now for me your um points are containing merit are the problems that I have with this this film. It was trying to be too much to too many and trying to serve basically an audience which, um, I suppose the point I'm trying to say is, look, stay in your lane. If you are trying to serve an audience, if you're trying to entertain, if you're trying to enthrall, if you're trying to beguile, if you're trying to infuse an audience into watching, stay in at least, at the very least, two lanes. Don't go into 15 lanes. Don't try and make this a be-all and end-all and a painting-by-the-numbers combat flick. I think at the heart of this, this was about relationships. Not only, you know, uh, father-son relationships, but there was that romantic angle in there where Cash um, Boykins, the, the main protagonist, played by Stephen Dorff, who, incidentally, hasn't had a decent role since Blade, which was, what, mid-90s? <laughs> But as well as that, um, I think Elizabeth Risa, um, Susan, and uh, a lot of people who are frequenters of the um, Twilight saga would have recognised her from Twilight. But we're looking at, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to p- 
pinpoint some of the redemptive or some of the good features of, the, of this film. And it was those two characters, Stephen Dorff and um, uh, Elizabeth Risa, I think were brilliant. They were really well cast and, you know, they gave a, a decent performance. But that was about it. I just found the story was all over the place. The thing that was kind of confusing as well, Stephen Dorff's character, Cash, um, a definite uh, racist, uh, misogynist, and um, I, I think he, he has a problem with disabilities as well. Now, considering his son, uh, one of his sons has got a disability, um, there was obviously some kind of like conflict in terms of the writing there because that just didn't add up. Considering how um, the, the, the racist bones in his bodies was actually rattling every time that he walked, um, his girlfriend, I think, was Latino. Now, a lot of what I had as an issue with this is the by the numbers and trying to um, incorporate lots of things which, you know, mixed martial arts fans would actually resonate with and actually recognise, but there was too much of it. Yes, he was dealing with fight to pay. Yes, he was dealing with flamboyance. Yes, he was dealing with uh, redemption and uh, redemptive storylines, but... The whole thing was ridiculous when you had father versus son. You had this veteran who looked about 60-odd fighting someone who was looks like 18. The elongated fight scenes as well, where you've got a guy who's near on unconscious in um, Jet Boykins, um, the 18-year-old, or the, 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 the young lad, as it were, against his father, which is nigh on ridiculous. And I just felt that the whole thing kind of like it painted MMA in a bad light because someone watching that without the MMA experience or background would think this is just unfettered violence, which you and I know that it certainly isn't. I mean, yes, <laughs> but to be, we got to be realistic though for mm. a second. Our sport, our sport at the end of the day can be very brutal. There are times where we are, where we are screaming, wow, this fight should be stopped. Mm. Wow, this, I felt like that is why that scene and the way that they were setting up these fights stood tall in my mind. I was like, because at the end of the day, we've seen Pat Berry and Czech Congo fight for 45 straight minutes and Czech Congo get knocked out 5,000 times and then finally knock out Pat Berry and then they stop the fight. We've seen Nick Diaz go against Paul Daly in Strike Force, and that fight, just they just let that one go forever. And you see Nick Diaz came back to win. It's a part of the sport. It's gonna happen. And as far as him being like a racist, yes, the dude's from Alabama. Like, come on, he's from, he's from Alabama. I, I mean, what are we kidding ourselves? That's why I loved it too. I was like, there are figures like this in our sport for better or for worse. And we need to identify that. We got to talk about it. And I felt like them having the story and the way that it went and him carry himself in that matter. I was like, it did the sport a service in representing the type of people that this sport attracts. Yeah, his girlfriend is half Vietnamese, half Jamaican. It was Karuche, if y'all know who that is. I love Karuche, but no, um, no, enlighten me, Karuche. Yeah, she's a um, she's an actress as well as an artist, and she she does a lot of different things. But she's a, a phenomenal Tran. one. Yes, yes, that is correct. Mm. People probably know her because she dated uh, Chris Brown for a little bit, but she also ha does her own thing. She also has been in a lot of movies. Ah, okay. But yeah, but but uh, and that's realistic too. You got a lot of people who would say some racist stuff and be like, "Well, my girlfriend is black," but my da -da -da -da. like that's another angle that people didn't. I feel like didn't even catch too. It was like there's so many different layers and stuff in this movie. That I'm just like, yes, and yes, he had a problem against disabilities. He kept saying a very derogatory word towards him at the beginning, as well as um, 
that rubbed off on his son a little bit. He started to grow a little bit irritated by him. And I feel like that's another part of this story and a part of reality that they absolutely highlighted. That's important too, because the people around you often force you to conform to their beliefs for better or for worse. And mm. I was just like, this movie, I, sure, sure, it wasn't a Christopher Nolan blockbuster. Sure, we didn't have the greatest. <laughs> like, I know you love Christopher Nolan, so that's why I got to throw that at you. He's, he's sure, one of my favorites, that. as you know, yeah. Yeah, but it it served its purpose, which is to provide us a mixed martial arts film. And it went above and beyond because it talked about more present issues. It also demonstrated us a level of cinema when we were talking about action scenes. Like, they went and did their research. You saw them showing different transitions on the ground, not just brutality and just, I'm going to jump over you. It was, They were using transitions. They were using submissions. I was just like, this is a great movie. Like... I mean, the soundtrack could have been a little bit better. But everything else, though, I was just like, this movie is great. I don't know why you don't like this movie, Mike, but I advise you to at least watch it three more times. Well, just like give I me say, it three more times. My, my main issues is, you know, themes and um, plot devices and narrative structure. First, I'm not really a fan of um, A to B and that is linear structure in terms of narrative. There's so much you could have done in terms of the way that this was actually told. But secondly, if you're looking at the fight scenes and the authenticity of the fight scenes, they had Donald Cerrone on the cast who could have advised, look, I think he's had enough. He is near un unconscious. That wouldn't happen in real life. You wouldn't have someone face down on the canvas and like, be pushed out for another round. Like, and in terms of like the themes, that was my main issue, it was trying to cover too much ground, trying to be too, um, well, it was trying to actually present so many stories within a story and it should have just kept it simplistic. It should have just like, the, the two themes, as I say, which kind of like jumped out at me, which could have been, I think, um, a good vehicle to tell this story was redemption, obviously, and love. Now, if we would have just kept it that simple, I think that we wouldn't be in this sticky wicket. I think also, if they had relied more on, you know, Donald Cerrone to give a bit of advice, give a bit of a nudge, give a bit of a steer in terms of what actually happens in a mixed martial arts bout, I think that, you know, the issues that I have with the fight choreography wouldn't be an issue. I just think that this was a disappointing um foray for what could have been a promising film and my other issue was the trailer that i saw originally was two minutes and 20 seconds i know that because it fit very neatly into my twitter timeline obviously because we only get two minutes and 20 seconds to actually um upload footage now the story was told in that trailer bad move absolutely trash move because when i watched this and it was a baggy one hour and 57 minutes i was like when is this gonna end it was way too inflated way too baggy the story was told in the first half if you ask me but obviously for dramatic effect it had to be longed out but i just thought one hour and 57 minutes are you being serious right now once again, we're in a disagreement. As far as them <laughs> telling the story in the trailer, yeah, you're right. They they didn't need to do that. They did mm -hmm. not need to do that. And they definitely shortchanged themselves by doing that. But as far as the movie length, when it ended, I was like, damn, the movie's over? I was what? like, this, <laughs> that's all I was like, I wanted some more. I wanted to know what happened to the father after he got booed out the stadium. I wanted to know what happened to the kid after. Like, I just wanted to have some sort of, what's the word? Mm. Um, 
it's not clarity. I just wanted some form of closure. Um, I can't even closure. Thank you. Mm. I just wanted some form of closure. Yeah. And I loved it. Like you also look at the way that they ran the dynamic of him as a kid trying to navigate school and his professional career. That's a very realistic. Like I felt like that another is another thing that we never talk about for a lot of our mixed martial artists. I think that I think. I'm rating this movie so highly just based off of what they touched on. And you're rating it so negatively because they tried to do too much, which is yeah. fine. Like, we all have our different things. Like, I notoriously like terrible movies. But this movie isn't terrible. But I'm just saying, I notoriously like terrible. Like, I loved all the Twilights. People say they sucked. They're garbage. They're da-da-da. I think they were <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Same here. I loved them, too. As, okay. as, as with um, one of my genres, which... You know, I, I've got a penchant for, and that is so bad it's good. This didn't fall into that category though, because it was so bad it was bad. Oh, I don't listen. I don't understand how any person who could love our sport could not like this film. For okay. me, you know what it is. I've been spoiled. I tell you why. For me, Warrior is the epitome. For me, Warrior is the standard bearer. For me, Warrior is the benchmark. This was a um, dollar store over here. We call it pound shop version of Warrior. It was trying too hard. It was basically, as I say, in so many lanes, it was shockingly bad. I will put this head and shoulders over Warrior on any <laughs> given day. Any given day. We'll put it this way. I think you've uh, had a spirited defense, which I, you know, I've come to expect from you and I, I, I would expect no less. But um, people can make up their own minds. This is still on demand <laughs> on several platforms, on loads of platforms, actually. Embattled, um, directed by Nick Sarkisov and um, still available on demand. I'll check that out and make up your own mind and hit us up via Twitter and um, as, as always you can continue this, the discussion I am at uh, Trash OMFG and Kairos how can people continue this discussion with you I am at Darren Stewart MMA <laughs> no I'm not I'm at Kairos MMA <laughs> I had to do it to him you asked for it Elaine Elaine Moosey, your name is ringing bells right now because you are the star, you're the lead in the smash hit Jiu-Jitsu. Now, let me just take a step back. Let's just park the movie, just full stop capital letter there. You obviously uh, come to prominence in your previous role uh, or previous roles, and that is in the Kickboxer franchise. How did you get involved in the uh, Kickboxer? I think it was Retaliation that I caught up with you uh, in. How did you get involved in the Kickboxer franchise? Well, in um, in 2011, I met Dimitri Logothetis on a project in Montreal. And mm. uh, when I met him, we did, uh, I was doing a live show with a team, a stunt team uh, for him, for his martial arts film. And uh, after he saw that, he came, introduced himself to me and finally asked me to audition for the lead role of this film he was doing in Montreal. Mm. Um, out of the blue. So that's how I met Dimitri. And finally, uh, I auditioned. He met with me and he offered, he said, listen, uh, you know, you're pretty green, um, but I think I can direct you and do some really cool stuff. So uh, what do you say we do a bunch of martial arts films together? <laughs> so um, that's how it started. And our first film together was the Kickboxer uh, Vengeance, went on to Kickboxer Retaliation and now Jiu-Jitsu. Amazing. So let me just get this straight. You started off your natural life as a stuntman and segued into acting. That's how it worked, right? 
That's right, exactly. I started in 2010. I was a double for Henry Cavill on uh, Immortals. That was my first gig. Right. And, uh, yeah, and then transitioned into acting from there. But, you know, again, we're just about to launch into the movie, but you can tell, you can see, there is just no way that you can get around the fact that you are a seasoned martial artist. In terms of your love for martial arts, does it actually um, extend to the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championships? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been watching the UFC since 93, since the first one. I remember seeing Hoist Gracie in there winning. I mean, it's uh, it was epic. And it kind of, you know, got got us, uh, me and my friends, everybody got on the, on the bandwagon right away. You know, it was like watching a live blood sport, essentially. That's what it was. Um, and then I've been an MMA fan ever since. Absolutely. I think it's great. So in terms of like MMA dons, aficionados, who, who is in your Hall of Fame? If you had a GOAT, who is it that would be at the pinnacle? Oh, it's definitely George St. Pierre, guaranteed. Okay. I mean, he's Canadian for sure, but uh, I always love to see George fight, um, especially because when you watch George in the octagon, it wasn't just watching the moves. It was watching a strategist. Um, I, I always loved the intelligence in his fights. That's what I love. The, the fact that he was able to really uh, um, use his strength to expose his opponent's weaknesses. Even an opponent that might have, might be, even possibly better than him because he was leveraging his strength against their weaknesses. He was able to tip the scale. And to me, that is, that, that is so intelligent. It's such a, a great way to approach a fight as opposed to just come in and let's slug it out type thing. Right. So that's why I loved watching George fight. And to this day, you know, if he goes, if he decides to go back for one last one, I will be there live to watch it. It's awesome. Him versus Khabib the Magomedov would be a thing of beauty. But you know what is a thing of beauty? Jiu-Jitsu, which is available on demand at the moment. I loved it. I loved it because yeah. with no disrespect, I'll be real with you. I'll be completely yeah. real with you. It was so bad. It was good. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it because of the premise was a mismatch of uh, Stargate. It was a mismatch of Predator and it was a mismatch of just every single science fiction in my top 10. And that's why I loved it. But in preparing for that, now, for me, you, there's no way that you can escape this, is there, Elaine? It's, it's basically, a, a kind word would be an homage to all of those classics, right? Yep, absolutely, definitely. Now, in preparing for this, out of the mishmash of that collage, was there a specific person that you were trying to channel? Um, my God, a specific person. I mean, there was a few. There's definitely a few, but I have to say, obviously because of the amnesia, I mean, I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very specific too because it's not just amnesia saying, I don't remember anything. It's like yeah. I have all the same instincts that I, I would have as a warrior if I remembered who I was. The only thing I don't remember is who I am. However, all identity there, style. And I don't understand the instincts. So yeah. to me, that was born. That's yeah. very much like born, you know, Jason Bourne. So definitely did some watching. I, I went back and watched the Bourne trilogy. Um, uh, you know, I, I definitely inspired myself from that. But then obviously this is a genre movie, so I wanted to put a twist on that and put, you know, and do it, you know, do it my way. So um, I definitely inspired myself from Born in that sense, but then I wanted to go back and then, you know, add as much cool stuff as I could and put as much of myself as I could in there as well. So you mentioned before, Legathetis obviously was coaching, directing you. With that sort of like 
ambiance, with that sort of like zest and vim that you're bringing in terms of that character, did he dial that up or did he kind of like, you know, try and temper it down a bit? Man, it's uh, it was a it was game with him, you know. It's it, sometimes it was to dial it down, sometimes to pump it up. It depended where we were in the film. It depends also who I was with in which scene, you mm. know. Uh, you know, with Nick Cage, I mean, it was a uh, it was a dance because Nick is so like woo, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Kind of By the way, that was awesome. Uh, and Nick, working with Nick is really interesting because he you see him dial it up and dial it down like right in front of you, so mm. it's really cool. But Obviously, you want to be able to not just not always be on the same level as the other person you're with. You want to be able to for you to go up and them down and then kind of dance around with that, right? On mm -hmm. different levels. Um, so Dimitri, I, I mean, was there in order to keep me at the right place, depending where we were in the story and where we were with uh, which character I was interacting with. Um, I think that was it. But most of the time, you know, we had talked about it a lot before we started shooting. And most of the time I was pretty much dead on, which is great. You know, it's, uh, that means I was on the right track. Incredible. I mean, not only did you have the opportunity and I, you know, I don't want to over egg this, but the honor of working with the legendary Nick Cage, you also worked with the legendary Tony Jaa. Now, yeah. in terms of legendary status, now, where did your kind of like heart sit when you met Cage and when you met Jar was it up there for Jar or up there for um, Cage? You know what? It was. They were both like around the same level for me because, mm. but for different reasons. That's the whole thing, right? I've been watching Nick Cage since Gone in sixty seconds. That's the first film I saw with Nick was Gone in sixty seconds, and then The Rock, and then Con Air, and then like all all the nineties films, the action films that I love. So I was a huge fan of Nick Cage uh, from as a kid. So to me, it was like meeting this like legend, right? Legend in acting, yeah. uh, iconic characters. And I knew that being opposite him in these in this movie would elevate my game, which is what I, I wanted. Because often it's like sparring. When you spar with somebody who's better than you, mm. they tend to elevate your game because you have to try to get to that level, right? They pull you to a higher level, which is what Nick does. And because he's so collaborative and so generous in the way he works, um, I definitely feel like that happened. So I was very, very, uh, a little intimidated, but that left <laughs> within five minutes, I was gone. I swear he makes it, he's so easy. He is so, such a cool dude that you, that goes away so fast and you just focus on what you're about to do, which is cool. And then Tony, I mean, he, I, you know, he's a phenom. He is a total physical phenom. Uh, such a nice human being. He's such a beautiful human being, fun to be around. We, we, you know, we just hit it off right away. And to be opposite him, especially in that scene where the escape scene, yeah. I mean, to me, that was so cool. I'm there, you know, performing and acting with Tony Jaa. Uh, just amazing. And you talk about homage. One of those moments when he comes, I don't know if you picked it up, but there's a moment when he comes and rescues you right before we start on that one -er where he comes in, uh, he, you know, he tends to, he sweeps Marie, she falls down and all of a sudden he comes to me and all, we had this moment from Predator, you know, when he goes yeah. like, uh, <laughs> they go boom, Arnold and Carl Weathers. Yeah. So we actually, he was coming in and he was going to do something. I'm like, oh, we totally have to put that in. We're doing <laughs> it. That's the homage to Predator right there. That's what I want. So we ended up doing that. Anyway, it was really cool to work with. It worked. It really, really worked. Considering Good. what you were actually um, trying to incorporate there, it worked totally. Now, in terms of coaching, I'm guessing there's no way that you can tell me that this didn't happen, that you didn't get any coaching from Tony Jaa and 
Nicolas Cage in terms of acting and um, action. Am I right? I mean, I get the vibe that there was a real collaboration in terms of what we see on screen and where we are with you. Definitely. I mean, I, I, with Nick, obviously, because we were, he, like I said, he's generous. So we, every time he came in, he wanted to rehearse on set just to get, get the rhythm going between us, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't, um, when you say coaching, I mean, I, I, I kind of looked at him. He was a model to follow, especially as we were bouncing the dialogue, establishing rhythm between us and that kind of stuff. He didn't actually say, hey, LA, this is what you should do ever. He actually treated me. That, that's, that's one thing I appreciate about him. I, I consider my myself a total rookie um, when it comes to acting. But he wasn't there treating me as such. He was there. No, we're, we're partners here, man. Let's let's do this together. And that's how he collaborated with me and offered a few suggestions here and there in terms of rhythm, mm. in terms of beats and stuff. However, wasn't there to, to you know, tell me what to do, essentially. That's uh, and, and I thought that was really cool. Tony, same. Tony, we started dancing. Man. It was just started. We started performing. And as soon as, you know, the action started, he's kicking, I'm kicking, jumping and all that kind of stuff. It was more like, okay, we're doing it. And we just kept on going. And I think what I got from Tony, which I really enjoyed, um, Tony's, uh, his model was Bruce Lee. His model and performance was Bruce Lee. And he, his, the, the way he composed and the looks, his facial expressions is what I thought was really cool to see. And I talked to him about that a bit. And he, that's what he told me. We ch chatted about just the way within the fight, within the beats, how he pauses it and punctuates it with looks and that kind of stuff. And I thought that was fascinating. And he got that from Bruce Lee. So wow. that's probably what I got from him that was the most valuable in terms of the future. Speaking of the future, now, just in wrapping up, tell me that there is going to be a jiu-jitsu too. Please, don't <laughs> disappoint the fans right now. God willing. That, I know it's in talks. It's already in talks. It was in talks a weekend. So in a week after the release in the U.S., they started talking about it already because apparently it's been great. Um, and, I, you know, Dimitri has always got something up his sleeve. <laughs> That's a beauty. Beauty of Dimitri. Um, but, yeah, we, it, I know Paramount's mentioned it. Others have mentioned it already. So uh, I know it, Dimitri's, you know, he's thinking about it now. Um, and I'm hoping that we'll be uh, shooting Jiu-Jitsu 2 sometime um, hopefully in 2022. I don't, I don't think it'll be 2021, but I think maybe in two years we'll be there. Um, but yeah, for sure. I, I hope to be doing that. In the meantime, we've got other cool projects coming up, um, okay. which is, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So just on those cool projects, I know I said these, these were the closing questions, but on those cool projects, anything um, that might float our boat in terms of our, well, love of martial arts? Oh, Kickboxer 3. Kickboxer Armageddon uh -huh. is the, the number one thing on my radar right now. Mm. Um, so that's uh, that's set for 2021. We're going to shoot it this year. And uh, it's, to me, uh, you know, after reading the script, I read it like two years ago, actually, because it was we were set to do that before Jiu-Jitsu. Um, it's the best of all three scripts. It's uh, balls to the wall action. It is nonstop. And it takes Kurt Sloan in a place he's never been before. It doesn't it doesn't uh, feel like your typical kickboxer movie. It's something, it's a different animal, which I, I, which I love. Um, and in terms of, uh, we've been talking about opponents and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm, I'm not gonna give anything away, obviously, because there's nothing done yet. However, yeah. we've went, we, we went big with Dave Batista. We went as big as you can go with a mountain. Now we're like, well, we're not gonna go bigger. Obviously that's not possible. However, what yeah, we have and we wanna do 
we really wanted to put Kurt Sloan against the best martial arts superstars that you can find. Okay, the best martial artist that he could ever face, probably maybe even better than he is. Who knows? So we want to go the martial arts route for this one. We don't want to want a big opponent. We want the most skilled opponent possible. And that's what we're, uh, we're putting together for this one. Um, it'll be really cool. And Kurt Sloan is a different, different dude in this one. It's going to be awesome. I can see it now. Kurt Sloan versus John Jones. Oh, shit. <laughs> never know. You never know. That's pretty Come good. On, let's huh? make it happen. <laughs> you know what? For the kickboxing movies, Dimitri's always asking me, which MMA superstar do you want to face? Who, who do you want us to pull into the movie? John Jones. I love it. Let's put it out there. I love it. Okay. It's out yeah. there. Just before you go, one last thing. Just again in the realms of film. Um, Desert Island, you've crash landed. You've got a generator and a laptop and just one DVD. What's that DVD that you're hoping that will be in that collection that you can play over and over again? Oh, wow. That's such a hard question. <laughs> like, I, love, I love movies in general. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm going to say, I'm going to mix it up because mm. like, I, you know, if you ask my favorite movie, it won't be the, exactly the answer. However, I need some action. I need some comedy. I need some cool stories. I need some amazing characters. I'd say for now, I'd say point break. I'm going to go point break on this one. Point break because it's got all the elements and it's a movie I love. Um, so I'm going to say point break. Yep. Amazing. Elaine Macy, people can see you in jujitsu as people have actually heard. There are projects coming down the, uh, the pipe, but jujitsu is on demand right here, right now. You definitely have to see this. It is an eye-opener. And as I say, so bad, it's good. It is definitely up there in terms of my movies for 2020. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Elaine, so, thank you so much. You've been generous with your time. I know that you've got a lot that you've been juggling with. And um, thank you again for being so generous. Remember me? How you doing tonight? Doing well, officer. Can I see your driver's license, registration, and insurance, please? Of course. My license is right here, my wallet. That's all right, son. You remember the night in July? Hands up! Hey, 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 hey! Wait, wait, wait! Put the phone down! It's Put that phone down! Sorry, it's a phone. phone! It's a cell phone! It's just a cell phone! You knew he was unarmed. Push in the car and put your hands in the air! Officer, please, he's just a kid! You pointed your gun at him. Okay, get out of the car, son. Easy. He pulled the trigger. Put the phone away! Put the phone away! Grand jury determined that no probable cause exists to file any charges against Officer Randall. This is my son. This is my little boy. You took that from me. The world took that from me. Today we make that right. Hear me when I say this because I'm only going to say it once. Don't stop filming. Why are we the only people in this country that are expected to do things without violence? I didn't mean to kill your son! Do what you did. I did what I was trying to do! I just want justice. That's all I want. This is your jury. The deciders of your fate 
Someday, you will be tried for the murder of my son. American Skin is released on January 15, 2021 on all digital platforms. It stars Nate Parker, Amari Hardwick and Bo Knapp. American Skin actually weaves a layered story in the tradition of Sidney Lumet's 12 Angry Men and it's kind of similar to Dog Day Afternoon and it follows a black Iraqi war vet. Link, who is played by Nate Parker, who, after being denied a fair trial following the shooting of his teenage son and only child by a white police officer, he's desperate to seek justice and accountability for his son's death. Now, it's a provocative and socially urgent narrative on police brutality, and it's written, as I mentioned, and stars Nate Parker. It actually has complex and quite charged performances and it features an all-star cast and a script that really does reflect society's immediate thirst for justice. It's realistic, it's gritty and I would say riveting. First up, you know what struck me was the pacing of the film. It's very slick and pretty tidy at 1 hour and 30 minutes. Not a single shot or piece of dialogue is actually superfluous. It actually captures you from the opening scene, which sets the atmosphere for a frenetic and pretty emotive and quite thought-provoking set piece. You do feel a little bit like, um, well, pick, a bit like you've been captured. And uh, without spoiling any of the twists and turns of the narrative, you find it really hard not to have empathy with both sides of the argument that unfolds on the screen. It's really hard, I would say nigh on impossible, to be critical of American Skin because it's so tightly condensed. And it's presented, I would say, um, in the way that kind of like has a claustrophobic feel. You like you're you're actually viewing tight close-ups and indeed a variety of camera angles and indeed a variety of cameras that allow you to have what well, a stifling and quite close-up view of what transpires for me this is an important film and it's not outside the realms of what could actually happen when you consider i mean pause for a second here when you consider what transpired at the capitol building just days ago It's not outside the realms of possibility. Now, given what seems to be the cyclical, episodic occurrence of police brutality, which resonates not just in the US or the UK, but around the globe, this film is not really for the faint-hearted. And with its callbacks, as I mentioned earlier, with nods to Sidney Lumet's 12 Angry Men, this, for me, is my film of the month, and it gets my five stars. That's it. That's another episode in the bag. That was Trash OMFG. Now be sure to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and a star rating, and follow us via Twitter at Trash OMFG.
Word up.